everyone, and welcome to 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. I'm your host, Tom Lynch, and here we are, episode number seven. So I mentioned it in uh, in an earlier episode that I wanted to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, and I decided if I'm going to go through it, you're going to go through it with me. So welcome to part one of The Next Mutation uh, I have watched the first episode. Those episodes are 20 minutes long, and it felt like two and a half hours. So we've got a uh, we've got a good show ahead of us. I took notes. I took almost an entire page of notes. <sighs> it, uh, just overall impressions, it's not a good show. And I remember it not being good when I was a kid and I was full-fledged into Ninja Turtles. Um... They, I, I don't really know how to categorize it. They just miss on several points. They lean very heavily on what essentially amount to callbacks to the uh, the first and and mostly the first and the third movies. And and it just it doesn't it doesn't work. They attempt to set up a new a new villain. Um, at least the idea of a new villain. We don't actually see him in this episode, but uh, there's so many missteps just across the board. I'm just gonna let's just get into it. Let's let's get into it. Uh, let, me, let me pull up the title. It was oh, by the way, I'm watching this on Netflix. So if you would like to follow along, it's there. All oh god, how long does this go? Twenty six episodes. All right. There is only the one season. So after 26 episodes, it's all over. So uh, episode one is East Meets West Part 1. It is a three, four, five-part opening uh, character or story arc. Um, I, I assume this was played mostly in one long shot. But let's uh let's just take it from the top. So we get a cold open of uh of what appears to be some sort of ninja master sitting in front of a matrix looking static glass mirror screen. Uh it turns out the glass is important as his apprentice shows up uh who is a lady but she has her head covered. I will give you three guesses as to who that becomes. Uh and he brings up that there's, you know, an ancient evil uh, that he believes has been awoken, which of course it has. You're a dude looking into a mystical mirror. Then we cut to the opening theme of the show, which is far and away one of the worst opening television themes I have ever heard. Uh, I mean, kids show or not. I mean, I guess I guess kids shows normally have the best, right? They want to be the catchiest, and just no work went into this. Uh, oh, I, I, oh, I guess I'm. You'll have heard it. You'll have heard it at the beginning of this episode because I'm just going to open with that because it's, it's impressive. It's impressive how little work went into it. So anyway, the show starts, you know, in earnest with like 45 shots of New York City which I assume are actually shots of they might as well be of Wilmington, Delaware uh, it's just a bunch of cabs and 
uh, sewer grates. And then all of the credits, like the opening credits show up and they all whoosh in with like, like ninja sounds, for lack of a better term. Uh, So we're off to like a really, really good start. And obviously they're trying to to harken back to the first and second movie openings where it's like, you know, showing the city, kind of setting the scene. Uh, And then we cut to Raph and Leo arguing, but we only see their shadows. So again, calling back to the first movie, that opening scene where you just see their shadows. I want to read a little bit of dialogue from this scene. Uh, so Raph, we don't necessarily know it's Raph and Leo, but you know, you, you find out from context in, in a moment, but Raph says, get out of my face. And then Leo responds, wrong dude. I will not get out of your face. It is, uh, just impeccable dialogue happening there. And really the, the performances overall are okay. They're not bad. I mean, they obviously have terrible, uh, you know, dialogue to work with but but leo's reads in that scene very much sound like a first take and they're just like hey you know we don't have time to retake it so we're done um so you know raf storms off hops on his uh his sick motorcycle which we get 10 cuts of and then he ends up running into some foot ninja the, the problem is while he's riding towards the foot the mask, the masks. All right, well, let's let's get into the animatronics a little bit. So I didn't I didn't quite explain what this was, but after the third movie, they decided to make a television show of Ninja Turtles, and they wanted to make it live action. So they, I assume they didn't have the budget for you know, of course they didn't have the budget for some freaking Jim Henson's workshop stuff. So they kind of just went off and made their own, is my guess, and they are not. They're not good. They're not... The, the animatronics are, are very, very poor. Uh, there are m- multiple scenes in this episode where they just don't... Their lips don't move. They don't talk. But, you know, dialogue happens. Like, they've overdubbed it, so, you know, people talk to each other. But they just stare at each other with these, like... The default faces of the turtles are just... Their mouths just agape. Just staring there, like, looking confused. And so, while Raph is ripping down the street on this motorcycle, his mouth's just open. And, you know, he sees the foot and he goes like, oh, you you know, you want to fight? Follow me. And none of this is happening on the actual mask. It's, uh, it's, it's bizarre that it's bizarre. It's just bizarre. Like, like, how do you, how do you put that together and go, yeah, that's fine. That's all right. Especially, uh, uh, let's not worry too much about how this came together. So. Raph starts uh, fighting the foot, and after about one and a half steps of choreography, it just cuts away. Like, they didn't have enough fight to fill the scene, so they just cut away. To uh, to Splinter, who's playing chess with a blind man in the middle of the park at night. So, presumably this, this dude is just hanging out in the park in the middle of the night waiting for people to come up and play chess with him? Like, I, I don't... I don't. I don't get it. 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 Whatever. Whatever. Splinter plays chess with the blind guy, and you know they have a little pitter patter back and forth. It's actually all right. And then uh, Splinter, you know, senses that Raph's in trouble and takes off. Which is like now we're getting into silly things. Like 
there are spiritual moments of the movies and of the Ninja Turtles just as a whole. But like Splinter is never like, oh, something's gone wrong. And just runs off. So they've imbued Splinter with new powers. Uh, and then, uh, so he runs off into the bushes, which the blind man recommends. So he knows he's a giant rat. I'm not totally sure. Uh, and so we get back to the lair, which is the lair from Ninja Turtles 3. They've got the train there or the subway and, and all their junk around. It is a significantly smaller version of that. Uh, it's not as as open. But, you know, that's what they want to do. They want it to be a follow-up to the third movie. So the end of the third movie is they have that layer. So, you know, they go with it. Uh, so in, in what actually becomes the, the best scene of the episode. Ep, uh, scene of the episode is brought to you by, I don't know, Geico something. Uh, th- maybe this will be a thing. I'll, I'll pick out one scene in an episode that's good. And by and good by, you know, Ninja Turtles the next mutation standards, not good by regular standards. Uh, so basically, Leo decides he wants to break some cinder blocks with his head. So while he's setting up, he's trying to explain to Mike, like you know, it's my will will break it, like my my spirit, like I'll be able to break it with my head. Uh, and so Mike's messing with him, and in the same time, Donnie is trying to set up his gps and he's like sparking and and whatever like oh no i messed it up and then of course leo just goes like "Ah, i can't concentrate with you guys doing this stuff and he like storms off and uh and he doesn't actually attempt to break the bricks and i feel like that's actually pretty good characterization you know you get a little bit of leo trying to be the the intense leader guy but, you know, he can't keep his concentrations. He's not as good as he thinks he is, but he blames it on everyone else. Uh, you know, Mike's there messing with him. The voice of Mike is really weird, too. Like, Mike, Leo, and Raph all sound a little odd, but Mike specifically, it, it does not... Something about it is weird. Uh, and then Donnie's over there messing with stuff, and, you know, that's what he does. And I feel like that scene is as close as we get to good in this episode. So, what... What it turns out is Don is uh, has created some sort of satellite imagery system where he now has just found a way to mark off all of the turtles and Splinter on a GPS system at all times. So he's come up with this crazy, terrifying Big Brother nightmare where he can just track his entire family at all times, know exactly where they are. So what does he do? They pull up where Raph is because they're nosy sons of bitches. And it turns out Raph is in a fight. How do they know this? Because his little red dot on the GPS is bumping around what is actually amounts to like a square city block. But, you know, they're looking at it on their screen and go, oh, Raph's bouncing around. He's in a fight. So they run and jump into what I guess is like a Hummer. I'm not really sure, like the turtle Hummer. They go run there. Uh, and so let me back up a little bit when Mike or sorry, when Raph goes to get on his sick bike, he, uh, he goes, you know, pulls down a giant lever, like all these lights flash on, he gets on his bike, those exact same shots happen. And then it shows the turtle Hummer. I don't really know what else to call it. And there's like 20 shots of the turtle Hummer and they get on it and like some nightmare techno music happens and they take off. So Splinter shows up to actually help Raph. 
and he shows up. He knocks a bunch of the foot soldiers over with uh, <laughs> with his stick, and just then that's it. Then all the foot run away. Yeah. And I, I wrote this down. I don't quite remember the context. Again, this episode was twenty minutes, and I just finished watching it a minute ago. But someone said ninja tood. And, like, I know the 90s were heavy on Tood, but... <sighs> anyway, we get a little bit of uh, exposition. The turtles are almost 18 years old. We never really get an age in the movies, at least that I can recall. So the idea of them being... <laughs> so maybe that's why the, the title of the show is Ninja Turtles, the next mutation. is not Teenage Mutant. So I wonder if they were if their idea was eventually they would no longer be teenagers. I mean, I don't know why... But they're getting older, but they're all still whiny and kind of the worst. Um, so then we go to the foot layer, which I like maybe something. I don't know how to make sense of this, but the Shredder's back. And I don't know why they don't explain it. They just say Shredder is, our, you know, our mortal enemy. And, like, sure, but he died twice at this point. Um, so we actually get to see Shredder, and it looks like lazy cosplay. Uh, it is it is a bad costume. It, I mean, think, think about... Think back to that first Ninja Turtles movie, when Shredder first is revealed, and they take off... He shows up with the cape talking to everyone, and he takes off that the cape and you see you see all of the spikes out of his shoulders and all of the blades all over him and he looks terrifying and even in at the end of that movie when they get to the final battle like he's he doesn't have any of that you know the big stuff on him but he still looks scary he still looks like a dude that could mess you up this guy does not it looks terrible like i don't i i don't know what the i don't know I just do not know. So, so Shredder's back. I don't. I don't know why they don't explain it. He's just alive and a mortal enemy. So maybe it's like a spiritual follow-up to Ninja Turtles movies, even though they take specific cues from those movies. I, I don't. I don't really know yet. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, so. We move on. Uh, Splinter is in the realm of dreams, uh, and it turns out it's just exploding everywhere. There's just explosions, uh, and uh, and it turns out the guy we saw at the beginning of the episode was Master Chung E. I I think it's it's definitely Master Chung. I believe. Anyway, Master Chung is uh, warns Splinter that he has to get out of there, and then explains to his uh, lady apprentice that dragons used to rule the world and they are trapped in the glass and now they are trying to use his mind to travel back into the real world to take the world over so like we've kind of got our our villain is is some dragon dude and then we cut back to michelangelo who's in the sewers and he struggles to get what looks like a giant skateboard into the water and then he sits on it and then just like pulls up a few levers and shoots down the sewers. So he's on some kind of 
like he turned a giant skateboard into a giant or a regular sized go kart, and uh, and one of the foot, for whatever reason, sees him, calls in on his walkie talkie, and says, you know, I found him. He's on some stupid go kart. Those are literally the words, stupid go kart. I'm not like I thought it was a stupid go kart, but the show said it too. Um, also. During that scene, the ninja doesn't actually move his mouth. Like it's not, it's not hard to tell one way or the other, and he just doesn't. Um. So, while Mike is shooting down the sewers, uh, the the order goes out to attack to the foot. Like we know where they are. Attack! Find him and attack. Uh. So we cut back to the lair. Leo's hanging out, and he decides he wants to smash the bricks so he goes to line up and raf and donnie are joking about stuff and again like when they interact like eh, it's okay that this scene is far worse than the first and uh and leo goes to smash his head into the into the cinder blocks mike smashes through the wall at the same time because he's lost control of his stupid go-kart by that point obviously and uh (laughs) and then leo smashes his head into it, and is what is straight up the best animatronics bit of the episode is Leo hitting it. His face kind of droops. He grabs a cinder block, holds it to his chest, and falls backwards. Now, whether or not it's good animatronics because they actually try to make it good, or because all of the turtles just look dumb as hell, I don't know. But I'm going to lean on the dumb as hell side of things. Uh, so, immediately after that, the foot assault the lair like they know where the turtles live now so they assault the lair the turtles fight them there's uh sub ninja turtles to pun uh attacks i'm not even going to really describe them and then you know a minute or two it goes by of a half-assed fight scene the uh the ninjas all then carry each other out and retreat but there's no once again, like if they want to make these callbacks, they have to be prepared for the comparison. They want to make callbacks to the first movie. In the first movie, when the ninja find out where they live, that is a huge deal because that's how they lose Splinter and they know they can no longer go back there. They know they're not safe. So to have in this show, the the foot ninjas show up and just, well, we lost and they left and the turtles are just celebrating the victory like it's it's inconsistent and and it's it's just bad it's very bad uh so at that point they turn around to find out splinter is distraught but he's unconscious so he actually splinter turns out went back into the dream realm the dragons there captured him the dragons then electrocuted Master Chung through his glass mirror matrixy thing. And I guess Master Chung is dying? I'm not totally sure, but he tells his apprentice that she has to go to America to save Splinter. Why she has to go to America to save Splinter in the dream realm, I don't know. And that is a plot hole that actually makes less sense the more I think about it. But then she takes off her hood and reveals herself as the female Ninja Turtle. Um, I know the creators of the Ninja Turtles were never fond of the idea of making 
another Ninja Turtle. And actually, they were never really fans of creating new mutants. They wanted the turtles to become to to remain special, like they were the only ones. I tend to disagree with them on that. I think more mutants can be interesting, and I and I think it's been done a really good way uh, with things like the Mutanimals and the new comic and cartoon. But I see where they're coming from, uh, and I think a female turtle is a bad way to go. Um, I don't know how to fix that problem of of having it just be an all male cast. I think April, and I think what they did with April as time went on, uh, is a good way to to alleviate that. But but just throwing in a new mutant from across the globe, like I assume she's from Japan. Uh, they show some of the uh, the architecture, which I believe is Japanese, uh, as her home. So I don't know. I, I guess we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I took longer than that episode lasted to talk about what happened in that episode. That's that's something. Uh, but that's pretty much gonna do it for us. The uh, the next mutation is not a good show, but I will. I guess I'll let people know when I'm gonna watch episode two. I don't know if I can do this two weeks in a row, um, but. God, it was only 20 minutes. It was only 20 minutes. I had to keep telling myself that because it felt... It it felt long. Okay. All right. I think uh, I think that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, I've been Tom Lynch, 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. As always, check out 30extralives.com for the webcomic every Monday and Friday. Come back here every Tuesday for a new podcast. And every Wednesday, hit up our sister site, third, oh boy, nope. Hit up our sister site, thecatwholesdies.com for other fun web comics. And enjoy your Thursdays off. So, I will see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. I've been Tom Lynch, and you've been awesome.